Welcome to Scholars and Sense. It's the podcast that takes a deep dive into the issues of the day. We do so with thoughtful conversation, and we rise above the noise and talking points. With the help of my colleagues, we get to the heart of the matter. I'm Bill Bennett, alongside my co-hosts, Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson. Conrad, Victor, let's jump in. So, gentlemen, it is the day after what, you know, very often are inconsequential elections. Those off-year elections we're getting used to in Virginia and New Jersey. Not inconsequential this year. What's our what's our takeaway? <laughs> what happened and why does it matter? Victor? Well, there were local issues and regional issues like the school board, uh, everything from transgender to critical race theory. But those were ignition switches of larger fuel that was nine months of the Biden administration. It wasn't just that they were progressive agendas, but they were nihilistic. So there, there is no border. It's not that the border is porous. Afghanistan was not a defeat. It was humiliation. Uh, we, this is the first gas crisis in terms of high prices. It was entirely self-induced and blaming Putin and the Saudis won't cut it. I could go on the same thing with printing money with zero interest. So there was a sense that we did this to ourselves and we wanted to know why it was happening. And this was the first chance for people to express that anger, because when they asked that question, they were either told that shut up. It was not bad that, you know, you're not going to get your Peloton on time, maybe something like that, or you're a racist or you're Donald Trump supporter. And and people collectively said, I'm galvanized by Virginia, but this is a good chance for me to, let them know what I think of them. And that's, I mean, that's taken a lot from a very close election in Virginia, but as you know, that election should not have been close given the experience of Terry McAuliffe and the resources at his disposal. And what about New Jersey? I mean, did anybody see that coming? Uh, I did a little bit, but uh, would I not be correct in saying that that was a straight, no confidence in the Democrats in their current uh, leadership and formula vote. I mean, it didn't seem to me that Murphy, I mean, I personally find him, that I means the English say, having just come back from there, he gives me the pip to watch him on television. But he, he, it didn't seem to me there was a big anti-Murphy vote as such. It was it, it was a vote of, you know, the Democrats are making a mess of everything and we're not voting Democratic. I, I think that the issues that Victor cited were very prominent in, in Virginia. And I think we have to remember that if Probably if McAuliffe hadn't made that terrible gap of saying that uh, parents shouldn't tell teachers what their children should be taught, if he hadn't said that, he probably would have won. It would have been, I don't that's, a, that's a good point, but uh, it was a Michael Kinsey gap that it was true, but inadvertent. And the irony of the whole thing is that the first time in Virginia's history that you have a so-called Latino and African-American in statewide offices, and yet this pa- this party was called. I think I was just looking at CNN and MSNBC last night. I mean, they were called the racist party, or they were dog whistles, but they were really classical, uh, racially blind ideas that were pitted against racist, quote unquote, anti-racism. And I think it was kind of reassuring that with all the resources of the anti-racist Kendi people, the a majority, even in a blue state, saw they were more likely to be racist than the people they accused. Yeah, and, and that African-American or, I guess, Caribbean-American uh, attorney general-elect is an inspiring public speaker. She is. Yeah, she is. Absolutely. Winsome Sears, she, is. she really is. I thought she was very impressive. And you're right about that. 
she's much more impressive. I mean, it reminded us that race is incidental to who we are. She was so more, much more impressive than the hack Terry McAuliffe. I thought his performance was was absolutely a disgrace. I mean, the dancing around and so on. I know him slightly, although I doubt if he would remember me. But when I met him, I thought he was a terribly obnoxious man. He's he's formidable. He's big and energetic and sort of fulminates in front of you. But I thought he was an egomaniac. And I, th- I still think that's what he is. Yeah, it's him. a tragedy that he's the grandson of Colonel McAuliffe, who said nuts to the Germans at Bastogne. And he's a... Uh, really, a, a, the great hero of the he Battle was. of the Bell. Yeah, he, he symbolized the resistance and defiance. So that, and yet, he's uh, I think he's the grandson. Well, we've got to say then that, I mean, yes, there were triggers. I, I like the way you put that, Victor. Uh, Loudoun County and the stupid mistake about the schools. But, uh, you know, one might go a long way in explaining, you know, Virginia in, in regard to those things. And let's not forget the because I've been talking to people and people in Virginia I've talked to bring this up more than they do critical race theory. You know, the rape of the girl in the, in the unisex bathroom by the boy yes, wearing yeah. skirt. They're less reluctant to bring that up uh, publicly because, you know, they're not sure, you know, they'll be accused of, you know, being something by being opposed to these this ridiculous policy of unisex bathrooms. I'll say it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, there you go. I mean, there's there's the proof of it. We got to say that this was this was about Biden. I mean, at least in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah so we, it, didn't, it, we didn't have a Loudoun County. It, we didn't have a New, New, New Jersey was have... a traditional no confidence vote to take a parliamentary phrase. I mean, the people in New Jersey went to the polls, I, I think. I mean, I haven't been in New Jersey for 20 years, but it seems to me they went to the polls and said the federal government isn't doing anything right. They're making a shambles of everything. And then add to that, we have a governor who says, if taxes are your thing, maybe New Jersey isn't for you or something like that. Yeah. I mean, as if taxes were a flavor of ice cream or something. And, 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 the, and they just decided to give him a kick in the groin. I think it was a lesson to the Republicans, though, that Youngkin had no political experience, but he didn't yeah. come off as you might thought he would, given his background and the water in which he swims as kind of a Romney out of touch, wealthy white Republican. In other words, he got a higher, in some counties, a higher base uh, vote than Trump himself by embracing Trumpism and Trump's endorsement. But he, it wasn't that he refuted Trumpism, as the left says. He was very adroit about saying, right. I, I'm a different type of candidate, but I like Trump, and I'm, I'm using his agendas, but I'm going to appeal uh, to the suburbanites. And then you, when you actually, I actually watched the tape of his campaign, he was quite fiery like DeSantis. And so it was sort of like, yeah, yeah. you can get even, but you don't just get mad. And I think maybe it's a message for Trump and the other candidates in 2024. That but you, I think you raise a very that, important no. point, Victor, that, that there is this move by some people to say that this was somehow a setback for Trump. No, and I thought Trump's statement last night was very interesting, making the point that he was proud of his supporters for coming out in such great numbers. Yeah. And, and let's face it, 90 percent of the Yunkin vote were Trump supporters. Yeah. And that was and, smart of him to do that. Very smart. And I, yes, I don't think that Trump, you have non-Trump Republicans, not Trump hating Republicans, but just non-Trump Republicans uh, edging towards this idea of Trumpism without Trump. And it, it's going to be hard to, 
to separate Trump from Trumpism if Trump plays it right. Yeah, I think Trump, though, I think he can take lessons. And I would kind of <laughs> illustrate it in two approaches. So you have an Anthony Fauci who is undermining you and an, really an enemy to your policies of public health throughout the COVID. And Trump got angry and he made fun. He said he threw like a, a girl. But this new approach would be smile, put your arm around him and say, you're a distinguished public servant. We owe so much and you will be retiring in a lot of dignity and grace tomorrow morning. In other <laughs> words, get e- get even, but don't get just mad. I think a lot of Trump's fury was scattered at so many targets. Yes. It wasn't focused. And ironically, when you talk to his base, they say, yeah, the tweets, but they also said he got mad, but he didn't actually get even in clear house. Part of that was because he was a political novice. So I think this, if he's going to run again, it would really be a lesson that he could look at. There's a way that he can get the independence by not extraneous comments that offend them, but really honing in and say, I'm a more effective, angry uh, emissary of your agenda than you think. And, and I hope he can take that lesson from it. Can he learn that lesson and, and not do the, the bad mouth stuff? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's all embedded, like Conrad said. But there was times when Trump himself knew that he had overreached or he'd, he tweeted something that brought him no political advantage. I make the point that just straight Trump hate, which is all the Democrats have been going on for the last five years. They've had absolutely nothing except Trump hate until they got into the, the Sanders agenda that they essentially failed to enact um, and had no mandate to enact. Uh, Trump ha- hate has failed. It's run out of steam. And that, was all, that was McAuliffe's whole campaign, and it bombed. Yeah, and it is funny but, but because... Trump, but, but guys, Trump wasn't there. I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying, but let me make this point. It wasn't bad for Trump, but it may be bad for Trump invitations for Trump. That yeah. is something. Some people might say, I want to do it like Youngkin did it. Because remember, that when the two last-minute desperate moves by McAuliffe were crazy to invite the head of the teachers' union, Randy Weingarten. That was just nuts. The other thing is he kept saying, Trump's coming in. Trump's coming in the night before the election. Yeah, yeah but, he, but, he did, but he didn't come in. So, I mean, maybe, you know, he's not on Twitter. Maybe maybe this is the formula. It's yeah, it is. Trump, it Trumpism is. without Trump. It really boomeranged on the left. Don't you think it boomeranged on them when they banned totally. him from social media? Because now he can't tweet. He's been a beneficiary of that. He's, they he say he's the- everywhere, but he's actually nowhere to be seen. And he's more effective. And I think if you look at Young, right. Youngkin's... Uh, it's, no, it's, great. it's such a great sentence. He's nowhere to be seen and he's more effective. And he's I mean, everywhere. That's exactly right. We got a huge yeah. ovation that the baseball stadium in atlanta he did mm-hmm. yeah but i'm saying he's not he's not in our daily news computer when you turn not it on in our it. face yeah 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 and i also i looked at Yunkin's style you know what it reminded me of a lot i think he's copied the DeSantis model where he's really angry sometimes uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's really he doesn't compromise but he's very uh aware of this he doesn't want to win. You can't win. You can't count on the electoral college to win when you get 46 or 48 percent of the vote. And then there's an element of fraud that's always going to be there. So right. you've really got to get 51 or 52 percent. And the only way you're going to get that is to keep your base and, you know, uh, resonate the Trump agenda and his, and his no compromises. But you've got to be very careful about offending things that you, people in ways that yeah, are not I- necessary. I was yeah, very, and, impressed, and you, very uh, impressed with them. Now, you two wise men who watch things so closely, please say a few words about Jack Citarelli's style. 
You know a damn thing about it? Well, uh, it just seemed to me he was steadily gaining. <laughs> I, no, no, I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about the guy. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing his name right. But I just, look, look, he's a well-known guy in New Jersey, right? He's been a state legislator for a while. I guess. Time, and he's been campaigning for two years nonstop. It's not that big a state, you know. It's not like campaigning. No, but, and, but, but I, you know, I do this for a living, and I've never heard of the guy. Like no, but he's a, he's a local ago. New Jersey guy. And he, I mean, he, you know, he's a state legislator. He's never, I, as far as I know, he's never uh, worked for the federal government or been much in been politically active outside New Jersey. Um, but uh, he's campaigned for two years, didn't he? Wasn't he more or less the nominee? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what did he, he say about Trump? Well, he was oh, for yeah. Trump. He was, he was, he was he, a Trump. He yeah. had sort of the young sure. one. But did he, on, on the campaign trail, did he talk about Trump? Did he invite well, well, Trump in? Murphy Did Trump bless him? Oh, Murphy didn't mention Trump that much, and so he didn't have to talk okay. about him much. But, okay, but it certainly did he invite uh, him? Did he invite Trump? Uh, I, 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 this I don't know, but Trump didn't. I as far it. as I didn't go to New Jersey, but, uh, he, but he's like he's a Chris Christie. I think he understands that a Republican has to be kind of earthy, and you know whether it's true or not, he has to be part of the working class. And he every time he was on a campaign, he talked about. He did last night, even in his acceptance that he, or quasi acceptance that he grew up with this multi generational family in pretty modest yeah. quarters, and he was Italian American, a, a house, and, uh, virtually a log cabin built by his grandfather. Yeah, and so that yeah. that's the New Jersey model for a Republican, and especially if the guy running against you in the Democratic Party is a big investor, you know, pretty wealthy guy. Yeah, so very I think wealthy there was a, guy. There was a class element that helped the, helped the Republican there. You see what I'm getting at? We have the one candidate. We have the one election in Virginia that get, gets tons of publicity. We have a very skillful performance by a novice. What lessons are to be learned from that? And I perfectly legitimate questions. Meanwhile, there's this unknown guy, except in the state of New Jersey, who's pretty much doing the same thing or very close in a tougher state, a, even a blue, a cobalt, what do they say, cobalt blue state? And... Yeah. So that tells you that though the elements of what uh, Youngkin did are important and I think lessons to be learned, you know, I wish everybody would start talking about education because that's, you know, that's where I live. But but um, there's Citarelli and, you know, he, he does almost as well in a tougher environment. Uh, so something else is going on. And yeah, you're right. Don't forget the initiative about defunding the police that failed. In, yeah. many, in Minnesota and sure. then Minneapolis. Sure. And then there was also Eric Adams ran basically as a right. law and order Giuliani Democrat. Kind well, of. Did, did, did his opponent get a respectable vote? I didn't see the result in your Not very well. I think it no, was, about no, 20%. 20, That's yeah. Curtis Sliwa been around forever. Let's talk but, about the Democrats. Did they learn anything from this? I've, I've been watching. <laughs> I did the same thing you did, Victor. I was watching MSNBC and CNN. And I was, I, I was shocked by Van Jones, who I thought lately has been saying some sensible things. Did you see what he said? Yeah, yeah I he did. Said, yeah, he said that the um, Delta variant. Yeah, Youngkin is the Delta variant of Trump. You know, it spreads. Uh, it's just as pernicious, and it spreads faster. Well, I saw Joy Reid go through the the Democratic okay. Uh, okay. screed that the Republicans uh, raise. Uh, critical race theory because they are themselves racist. Could I just say one thing again? Uh, isn't there in New Jersey 
some kind of a taxpayer's revolt to a, to a degree where where the governor said, if, as I said, if taxes are your thing, maybe New Jersey's not for you. Well, you know, here are millions of people sitting in New Jersey paying the highest taxes in the country and taxes are, are everybody's thing, whether you're rich or not rich. And then it's a, just a, a, a sloppy, obnoxious, arrogant way to refer to, to, to uh, the, these odious exactions of the tax collector. And, no, that- I mean, what's a bit of that? And people in New Jersey are very proud of their state, so they're not going to just, they don't, they're not <laughs> say, you know, pick up and leave if you don't like it. But, you know, it was also, I don't think the Democrats learned anything. It was sort of, if Talleyrand really said that, you know, that they've learned nothing and forgotten nothing, because it wasn't more than a second after uh, McAuliffe lost, that, or I should say at hours before he lost, that they were saying racism, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. Yeah, and they're going to go right back to it. I think they're at the, they're not Democrats, they're not progressive, they're Jacobins, or even worse. And their attitude is always, we lost because we were not zealous enough, not because yeah. we were too moderate. I mean, be, we were too moderate, not because we were not moderate enough. So I think they're going to go back and say, you know, that we've got to really say they're racist. We've got to really expose them. Van Jones just got what a hundred million dollars from Jeff Bezos as an award because of his unification theories and his uh, unity and bring everybody together. And that was crazy. He's he's back to his white lash days when he said that Trump was an emissary of white lash. I remember or back when he was working for Obama when he said they were assholes. That's the Democratic line. The whole country is now on suicide watch to the the midterms a year from now. Because if they stick to that, they're going to lose 100. They're going to stick to it, just like McGovern did. Same yeah, thing. but so, and so the, and so they're going ahead. But apparently, you know, to a man, except for the guy whose last name first uh, first syllable is Man Mansion, they're going ahead with their plan, their big plan. Oh yeah, oh we're going. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said no, 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 no change. You can really see that, Bill, when they said all those commentators said, "Well, I, I think we lost because we didn't get that." $3.5 trillion infrastructure yeah. and we, did, we didn't get a $5 trillion print money. And yeah. that's, that's crazy. And I think, but, but as of today, doesn't Manchin look like a no vote in the Senate? I mean, she may be able to squeeze it through the house, but it's not getting through the Senate. Is it? it looks that way. <laughs> He's been he, saying that. And more so but, cinema, huh? Arizona is even more problematic than Virginia for her. I mean, how well, she... if she pushes that bill over to the Senate as is, they they, they have a death wish. They're already yeah. never mind suicide watch. They're they got they got all chambers loaded and pointed at their own head. Well, Manchin you... has said Manchin has said we need more time, more time. So That's you know, Manchin in the, in the in the past has folded from from time to time. But if they push it, Conrad, you just said if they push for a vote this week, next week, whatever. I, I'm confident they'll vote no. Yeah, I think they just want to say we're going to do it, but we're going to do it next week, next month, next year. Push it as far as you know, just delay, 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 and then people will have time to digest the fact that nobody wants it. And uh, th- that would be the smartest thing to do. So, did anyone, as far as you guys know, did any Democrat at all last night or today, so far today? say anything uh, that you would think they would say that, well, look, the, there is a message here and we better make sure we understand the message. Axelrod a little bit. Well, he's, he's clever. And so yeah, he sort of brains. Kind up. of. He just kind of said that McAuliffe didn't, <clears throat> he alienated people that he didn't have to alienate with his comments about teachers and that there wasn't a, a good, 
control of the dialogue and the message, but not he's not he's not capable of saying the the ideology does not appeal to fifty one percent of the people. I think they feel that I think they still feel that we have Silicon Valley corporate world. Wall Street, professional sports, K through 12. We don't need the people. We've got the levers of communication and influence and money. Do they? I mean, has, do you think AT&T might rethink what it's doing in light of this? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think a lot of people are looking at yeah. this. The, I, uh, I had to speak to a couple of women's groups, conservative women last week, one in Seattle and, and one in Palm Springs. And they make, uh, they make Trump supporters look tame. They were, I mean, I've never seen so much, so angry of a group of people and yeah. articulate and motivated. And all they wanted to talk about is how many people have joined their ranks, how, how they recruited people. They are not going to take it any longer. And I think there's a seething revolution going on and we haven't really calibrated it yet. And I think these people just thought on the left, well, nobody's openly challenging us, so we're going to go one step further. And, well, nobody challenged that, so we're going to go. And now they're over the cliff, and they don't even know it. What about independence? I think independence, Bill, think I want stuff on the shelves. I want $3 a gallon gas again. I want to be able to walk at night in New York or San Francisco or Minneapolis or Portland, Seattle. I... You know, I, I want a border closed. I don't know who these people are. And I, I don't want to be humiliated in the world. Yeah, I don't want to be called a racist anymore. I'm sick of it. And they... Uh, and I, I want my kids educated. I mean, yeah. that that does matter. And I don't want to be lectured by people who put their kids in private school about how right. wonderful the teachers' unions are and how bad right. charter schools right. are. Uh, can I... I just want to add a note. As I said, I spent almost a month in England and uh, and I met with, you know, a lot of well, well-placed people there, different, you know, all the parties and everything. But the, the point that was most frequently made about current, I mean, they're all very curious about what's going on in the U.S. But the point they made that struck me was, and it was, it was very frequently made, was, look, whatever differences we've had with the United States, going back to Suez and so on, and whatever errors we might think that they committed politically from time to time, although, you know, they led us to victory in the Cold War, we never, up to now, never in the living memory of anyone, uh, saw incompetence in the U.S. military. And they're completely shocked at what happened in Afghanistan and shocked at the, the, the uh, you know, senior officials, Milley and others, coming in and saying under oath in the Congress quite different things to what the president said about the advice that they gave him. And, and they are, you know, they assume it's an anomaly, an aberrant event. But if, if, if the idea takes hold that the U.S. military is not reliable, then, you know, we're not going to have any alliance left at all. Well, we what? We had four uh, crashes with uh, Navy ships last year. We, had, we burned, we've never lost a carrier since World War II. We burned up one with a Bonhomme Richard. So there's something going on in the Navy. You're absolutely right. And the Army and the Air Force. And I think it's, I guess, euphemistically, we could call it a distraction. When you have the chairman of the Joint Chiefs talking about white rage and the Secretary of Defense about ferreting out uh, white supremacists in the ranks, then you're not doing something else. And that something else is ensuring deterrence. I think there's been a mass distraction. You can see it in the airlines. When you have the two airline chiefs of United and Delta lecturing us about voter ID and yet 
when you take all, I'm just angry again. I had 11 hours of delay the other day. 11 hours of delay. Away from the city of the now world champions. So wokeism is like the Soviet commissariat. commissariat. It's just a huge waste of capital, labor, and time in looking over somebody's shoulder or putting fear into people's hearts. And it's not productive, but it distracts. I think that's your point. I want to come back because I thought I heard you say when I asked, do you think AT&T or Major League Baseball or any of these outfits will now rethink what they're doing? You said, yes, you think they might in light of this. I think they're going to have to, I mean, they're going. it's like an electric shock tasered to them and they're going to have to be tasered three or four times. But I think it's starting and they have no ideology. You've written about that, Bill. They react yeah. to what they perceive as 51% of the market. And so they don't have any allegiance to critical race theory in the left. They just feel right now that people are mesmerized. It's sort of like a hula hoop or pet rock fad, and they want to get in on it. But if there's another fad that says it's bad. I mean, they have to deal with the public, and they can't ignore the public. No, they can't afford it. What about this point that, you know, Trump, he was very proud, and I guess with reason, uh, for having rebuilt the military. It was underfunded. He, he allocated a, a tremendous budgetary increase in his first year and, and, and really did undoubtedly build it up quite a bit. But why are we now subjected to Millie's uh, latest uh, lapidary gem that um, the hypersonic missiles are a Sputnik moment? I mean, where the hell were our military leaders when, when these apparently extremely dangerous missiles were being developed not only by China, but by Russia, for heaven's sakes, which has a GDP smaller than Canada's. I mean, where were they? At a climate summit. Yeah, yeah. they were at a climate summit or a woke summit or a critical race theory summit. And uh, they've got so many people in the military now whose job is nothing to do with military readiness, but to monitor people's thoughts and Kind of reminds okay. me of the Soviet Army, you know, when when they were invaded in June 22nd of 1941, they still had the commissariat and they had the two largest yeah. losses of military manpower in history outside of Kiev and Moscow. And then suddenly in 1942-43, the commissar started to disappear because the, even the communist ideologues said we're going to lose a war if we make military decisions on the basis of ideology. Let's give credit to Obama. After the midterms, he said we got shellacked, right? Yep. And yeah. and 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 he adjusted course. Are you are you guys saying that the Biden administration will not adjust course? I mean, I, I just can't all. believe that. I mean, I I think you know I don't think Biden believes in anything, and he sold himself as a moderate. I I like he's, so he's what what are, what are you saying? Yes or no? They'll they'll change course or not? I I, th- I think I think Biden will. Uh, you do. Yeah. You do. Yeah, I do. And, no, I don't frankly, think I don't. I don't think he's got any choice anyway, because I don't think he can get any of that extreme program. But you remember, we were all, all three of us very worried nine months ago or a year ago uh, about about uh, you know trying to pack the court and you know, yeah. end the yeah. filibuster and ram through House of Representatives bill one. All of that's gone out the window now. I think. Yeah, I think it hadn't. It never had any support, but we thought you know that maybe they could ram it through by intimidation, and they had that slim majority. They ruled like they had a. 50, cents, 50 to 80 cent seat margin in the House. I don't think they're going to quit, though. I really don't. Because the people, yeah. in, in 2010, there were still vestigial Democrats. 
And they went to Obama and they said, you know what? You've got to at least sound like you're going to enforce the border. And you've got to at least sound like yeah. you need deterrence. Yeah. And you've got to at least uh, stop the bragging about Obama. You're going to ram it through. You, and there's nobody around like that anymore. I don't think. Maybe they'll come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Did I, you, were you I surprised? I, I was surprised. And again, I try to pay close attention to it. They said, well, a member of the Progressive Caucus, Progressive Caucus is now 96 people. Yeah. I, I thought it was a dozen. I thought it was those yeah, four well, women. That, that, Pelosi told us it was four people, remember? But Yeah, I thought it was four, four maybe 12, it, 15. I, I think four. It's 96. Blue, yeah, isn't four the blue dogs or the the Democratic? Squad. The, yeah, they're, they're blue puppies or whatever. But is are. it 96 now? So, well, I mean, that like is... That. That is what they're about. So I, caucus, yeah. Conrad, I agree. I agree with Victor. I don't think. I don't think they're going to change course. And last night, I mean, no, today, all, true, Bill, all I, I heard was, if, "Yeah, well, they the people reacted to these local issues in Virginia, and if we pass, you know, build back better, they'll just see how much yeah, better." You know what? I, I kept a are. list. I kept a list uh, last night after watching about a half hour of them, and they said just that that we didn't pass, we didn't borrow and print more money. And then they said, you know what? Virginia is always the opposite of what Washington is at the moment. So this is not new. And then they said, this is a midterm correction. And then they said, Terry McAuliffe was a bad candidate. And then they said there was voter intimidation and people were discouraged from coming to the polls by Republican ID enthusiasts and stuff like that. But none of it was... this was a grassroots I mean, I, but I think there are two questions here. I, I agree with what you're both saying on that. But Bill's question, his earlier question was, will Biden change? I, I mean, there is, of course, this question of how alert Biden is. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah. Get into that. But if Biden has retained any element of rationalism, he, he'll 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 figure it out pretty quickly and say, you know, I've allowed these extremists to take over this party and take and take as as you said, right over the cliff. I'm bringing it back. No, he just said before the election, remember, he said they asked him about McAuliffe struggling. He said, I don't think there's any evidence whatsoever. That what anything I say or do or my approval or disapproval has anything to do with it. Yeah, he said that. And and what you just described, Conrad, is a degree of, you know, self-knowledge and second thought that I don't I don't think he's capable of. I think, Conrad, you're displaying your gentlemanly reverence for people and not to make fun of their uh, dementia. But let's be honest. He's got some cognitive challenges, that, even very, if he were. Very yeah. And it's kind of, I feel kind of bad even mentioning it because it, when you see people like that, they put him in a terrible position as a, as a useful barrel to shoot out this uh, ammunition, this left-wing ammunition. But he's an inanimate object almost. 22. So uh, looks better for Republicans after last night, right? 22? Looks great, right? Oh, and if you guys are right that they're not doing course correction, I say the Dems lose a hundred congressmen. I mean, Obama lost eighty-one, I think. And yeah, what we did? What was the biggest loss? Is the I biggest loss know. ever uh, Roosevelt in thirty-eight? In thirty-eight, in thirty-eight, he was, I think, eighty, eighty-two, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But, but yeah. remember, he won four years in a row. I mean, yeah. four elections in a row had gone. On. And he had a huge, he had a huge uh, reservoir to lose. Yeah. But I don't. I, I think there's going to be maybe five or six or seven more retirements. If I was in my seventies or late sixties and I was a democratic guy and getting coming in a, you know, an even district or plus two Democrat, I wouldn't run. And if I think there's another 50 or 60, 
that got elected in 2018 and plus one or two Trump districts. And I, I think they're going to have to to be very worried right now. I don't okay. know what they would um, do. Two, la- two last questions. Have you seen or heard a Democrat, not in the Progressive Caucus, say, hey, wait a minute, you guys, you're being <laughs> stupid. We, we, got, we, got, we, got, we got shellacked. And we got shellacked because of, you know, what, what, what the administration's doing in addition to other things. I, I haven't heard that at all yet. I mean, no. I... I no, okay. but they may be saying, I mean, it's only been a few hours, you know. I mean, maybe yeah. in the news okay. tonight we'll see something. I, mean, I assume Manchin will say something like that. I yeah. think they're more uh, like Goldwater people in 64 were saying, you know what, your heart, we, yeah, you knew we were right and we're the, and then later they'll say we were the, the entourage or we were the precursors to Reaganism, you know, 64. Right. Which is Bunk, in my opinion, but yeah. I agree. That's what they said. The, yeah, the I think they're, they've paved the way for a socialist future. They made it acceptable. <laughs> Bernie's now mainstream. That was, and they're going to. That was good. They're not going to back down. Final thing: there'll be a lot of discussions about Trump and his future. Uh, does this make it more or less likely? Not that he will run. Different question. Does it make it more or less likely that a lot of Republicans will say, "Well, this is the way to do it"? Uh, Trump policy without Trump you know, insulting people and, and, and ticking off the, uh, the, the independents. And maybe will there be more people thinking, you know, even strong Trump voters, uh, better if he doesn't run and just work, work the country like he worked Virginia. I think there'll be a lot of people saying that, but the fact remains if they held, if they held the primaries now, Trump would sweep the country. He'd take every primary in the country for the Republicans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of them by huge margins. I think people forget how radically things have changed since January 6th. First of all, January 6th was not what they said it was. We know yeah. that now. Yeah. All of the, from Sicknick to Babbitt, all of the information. And then second, Joe Biden demagogued COVID and said every president is responsible for every death. He was very ungracious about inheriting yeah, the yeah. And now all of a sudden there's been more people killed per diem on average during his, uh, not than during Trump's entire tenure. That really boomeranged on him, the, the COVID and the mandate. And then third, this stuff we've talked about, it makes, it really rehabilitated Trump in a way that nobody anticipated would be that quick. And I think it's not a, I think there, I don't know whether people will say Trump, isn't without Trump, but I think they will be pressure on Trump himself to say, you know what, when you get back on social media of some sort, you've got to get smarter. You've got to get a lot smarter. You, you can be just as angry. You, you've got to be fiery. You've got to whip up those crowds, but you cannot uh, waste our precious resources and time on all of this stuff. And that and that's going to be hard to do because so much of it was unfair. The, the Russian collusion hoax, the impeachment. Sure, sure. But, but if you're looking at 24... What's yeah. more likely uh, that you win with Trump as the candidate or you win with somebody else as the candidate with Trump's blessing? But, but Bill, the point is, I still say Trump is going to win the primaries if he wants to. So it's a kind of an yeah, academic but, question. Well, sure it is. But but I think a lot of it's a Scott Walker factor, too, Bill. Remember, we were talking at this time before we said this was the ideal governor. He ruled a purple state. He's got those technocratic skills. He's a he's a great conservative. And then when he got on the stage and he just couldn't. He wasn't a galvanizing. No. And we don't know whether DeSantis. He looks great. He's fiery. He doesn't compromise. He's. 
got a great state governance record, but we don't know what he'll do in the national level yet. All right. Yeah. Uh, you guys may, 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 get, may, get, may get angry at me, but I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this and I was thinking, boy, this was a nice model. And, you know, thinking, you know, how grateful I am for the Trump policies. And then Colin Powell dies. And I knew him very well, did a lot with him, was very disappointed, you know, in how he acted later on and voted and supported Obama, criticized Trump. But when Trump, you know, sort of laid into him two days after he died, I said, oh, damn it. You know, shut up. Stop it. Uh, talk about uh, be gracious. I, I, I was just like I hadn't heard of from him for a while and you know and i know trump but i talked to trump i just why do you have to do that and if he runs for president is he going to do that a lot and what does that mean for uh his candidacy well he's an old testament not a new testament candidate it's not sermon on the mountain (laughs) (laughs) oh boy oh that's a great that's a great answer okay all right you know, there's nobody else. And there's been nobody else since Roosevelt, probably, who, uh, you know, 50,000 people will stand in the snow for two hours uh, waiting for him to come and speak to them. And, you know, the, the Trump has a huge following. And I, I think there's a lot of sort of nibbling around the edges. But I don't think DeSantis or, or any of the other prominent Republicans are going to seek the nomination until they hear that Trump is not seeking it. Yeah, I think yeah. I, just to finish, I it's kind of like chemotherapy that kills cancer. If you want a light dose, it's not going to make you sick, but you're not sure it's going to do the job. So you get a, you err on the side of almost dying before. I mean, I'm speaking not gratuitously, but of people in my family have had chemotherapy. It's a terrible thing, but the, sometimes a strong dose that almost yeah. does you in is the, what kills the cancer. I think a lot of people look at Trump that way and they'll say, I wish he wouldn't do that, but he does say things like and cuts through it and say, that guy's an idiot. That person's pathetic. And they yeah. would want somebody to say that and they won't say it. And he's he's kind of bulletproof because of that. But I do think he, his energies, he's got to go after. There was no excuse that Millie was not fired, I think, way back when he didn't about the photo yeah. op or Fauci yeah. could have been fired yeah. or Comey yeah. should have been fired yeah. on day yeah. one. So I, I my criticism of Trump, and I don't have a lot of them, was that for all of the loud talk, he 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 didn't get even. He could have been a lot tougher on these people that didn't like him. It, it was the best candidate going forward right now. Fair, they were trying to impeach him from the day one. And I know before, they were. Absolutely. It was awfully difficult for him. No, oh, he, yeah. and he didn't have a lot of support and the, bi- the bipartisan establishment turned on him. Immediately See, I think, I think the Trump chance. hate thing has played out. I think if he is reelected, I don't think there'd be any of this. I mean, the FBI. Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. Yeah, Trump thinks if we go back to the suburbs, maybe overplayed, but back to the suburbs, back to the independents, Trump runs won't a lot of them who were happy to support Glenn Young can say, oh, no, we're not doing that again. I, I'm just not doing that again. Well, not, not, if, the, not if the alternative bill is, is, is something like the present administration. I mean, I know he's stubborn, but, you know, he's not an idiot. He, he's got to figure that we can figure it out. He can figure it out. He's, he's, he's just so. got to finesse it a bit. That's what that's yeah. He, he's just got to finesse. <laughs> you know, that's that easy for you to say. He's just got to. It's like people who call me and say, "Hey, I know you know Trump. Can you tell can you t- tell him to stop tweeting?" Yeah, yeah. sure, sure, I can. <laughs> I wrote about three columns about that. Hang up your Twitter Twitter gloves. You've won, and they all were silly column in retrospect. Yeah, they didn't do but any it, good. It, I mean, <laughs> your column, 
you write the best columns in America, but it they were zero. Anything. They had zero influence, and they were naive. But, no, but I'm just a serious point. I think there are a lot of people out there who the kind of people who went to Yonkin, who before went to you know went to went to Northam, uh, who are going who are going to say, I'm I'm just I'm sorry, I don't want to go through that again. I don't want to go through it. Now maybe you know if it's Kamala Harris, you know maybe. Trump goes and wins 50 states. But, you know, these elections are decided in the middle, you know. Yeah. Look, if, just to get upsides here with Victor, and the one thing that I can, I, the former president actually asked my advice once upon a time. This was, I don't know, two years ago or something. I said, well, why don't you look at some newsreels of how FDR and JFK and President Reagan uh, handled certain situations, you know, how they handled, you know, they get your staff to get some stuff together. And, and you know, because the, they did know how to finesse it. Well, I, I you know, I, I have no, I, I don't think I was any more successful than you were, Victor, with your, uh, uh, you know, with your columns, uh, again, yeah. thing, less tweeting. Well, I think, I, I think there's real risk there. Anyway. I, I think okay. I said, said, be more tragic and less melodramatic. But Yeah. I keep thinking of Coriolanus, you know, okay, okay, I will go to them most counterfeitly. (laughs) That does it for today's show. Want to join the discussion? Email this show at scholarsandsensepodcast at gmail.com. Share the show with your family and friends. Subscribe, rate, review. For Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson, I am Bill Bennett, and we'll talk again soon.